you're exposed to so many chemicals and toxins on a day-to-day -day basis. They say that a woman walks out of the door, out of her house every morning with already adding over 150 different toxins into or onto her body just before she's left in the morning. That's just what we're exposed to. You know, we care so much as to what we're, you know, these days, you know, people are caring about what they're eating and their diets and, you know, taking vitamins and exercising and doing the best that they can to do that. But people aren't thinking about what they're actually putting onto their bodies. And that is really affecting us as a society. Hello and welcome back to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. I'm Ellie Rome, your health coach. And today in this episode, I got to interview my dear friend and hairstylist, Terry Kimmins. And so every time I go in, me and Terry always end up on topics around health and detoxing and what's going on in the world around these topics. And so I was like, I have to have her on the podcast. And so psyched that we actually got to do it, sit down and, and talk and record. So this is a beautiful conversation around Terry's health journey and just a little background. So Terry is a holistic hairstylist who developed multiple autoimmune conditions. She's had four autoimmune diseases, and these were majorly fueled by her frequent exposure to toxic hair care products in the earlier days of her career and in combination with other lifestyle factors. So diet, stress, her genetics is kind of this perfect storm that led her to developing these diseases. And so it also sparked her journey into learning about holistic hair care and her passion for educating because so many of us don't realize what we're being exposed to on a daily basis. So we discuss products and ingredients to watch out for and really dive into her journey with her autoimmunity and what lifestyle factors she's changed, what kind of mindset shifts she's had to change in order to progress in her healing. And so we talk stress management, diet, her paleo lifestyle, and more. And Terry also shares, shares with us how to go about making a transition from toxic to low toxic products, especially like for her hair salon. You know, you may love your hair care professional and not may not want to find somebody new. So kind of like how to have that conversation with them about going non-toxic. And, and if you're looking for a hairstylist, she's provides some resources, finding holistic hair care in your area and lots of awesome resources on this episode. So they're in the show notes and definitely tune in. So if you're in the Austin area, look Terry up. She's amazing. Um, you can find her at stylecolorgroom.com or Instagram stylecolorgroom. Hello and welcome back to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. I'm your host and health coach, Ellie Rome. In this episode, I got to interview... And if you're someone struggling with autoimmunity or looking to detox your life, please reach out. This is what I do as a coach. I myself struggled with an autoimmune condition and I'm here to help you create a lifestyle that you love without feeling deprived, without feeling overwhelmed, having somebody in your court that's helping guide you and giving you that, that support and accountability to follow through can make all of the difference in the world and you actually seeing results and feeling the way you want to feel. So reach out. You can DM me on Instagram at mindfulbelly or email me at ellie at mindfulbelly.com. All right. Now for the show. Hi, Terry. How are you? 
Good. How are you, Ellie? It's good to see you. You too. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, yes. Awesome. And I'm psyched to get to have you on the show because I think what you, your knowledge is so valuable for people to learn. So I'll just let you start. And can you explain to the listeners like who you are, what you do? Of course, I'd love to. So my name is Terry, and I am a hairstylist here in Austin, Texas. Um, I've been in the hair industry for about 17 years now, and um, I recently moved to Austin from uh, San Francisco, and Ellie and I met uh, kind of through the fitness, but also in my chair um, at my salon, and uh, Basically, I have a, um, I owned a, a salon in San Francisco for many years, and then when I moved to Austin, I needed to uh, rebuild and create my clientele and my business here in Austin, and so I uh, worked for a few different salons in the city, and that's kind of where this whole situation kind of began, <laughs> um, and what I mean by the situation is... About five years ago, I started developing um, allergies and sensitivities to basically all mainstream hair care products. And um, I started noticing it that just a little bit of, you know, um, itchy skin on my hands and kind of um, my eyes would get red and kind of itchy and puffy and just a few little, your basic kind of allergies symptoms. And when I moved to Austin, I knew there was a few products already that I, I was pretty sensitive to. And um, it just kind of escalated from there. And it got to the point where last year at this time, I actually had to step away from being behind the chair completely. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't find a salon that was that I could work in um, safely. Um, I was just, ha I had migraines all the time. I had kind of brain fog, breathing kind of issues, uh, skin irritation, and it was just awful. And it was a really heartbreaking decision I had to make, um, was to step away from my passion and my love, which is hair. Um, and so I did, I stepped away from the chair for about six months. And in that time, uh, I went back to an office job, but I was also kind of doing some research uh, and get in, and I was, I've always been really passionate about health and wellness and fitness. And so I was kind of looking into going back to school to be either a nutrition or a, di a dietitian. And um, I've always been uh, active. I've been a runner. I was a triathlete for many years. Um, and so health and wellness has always been a huge part of my life. And so, uh, the more I started kind of engulfing myself in, in that, that world, um, the more I started doing, I, I was realizing how much I was missing hair. And, I, and, and hair to me was, was also kind of a health and wellness like um, experience for clients. And so I just started researching products and seeing if there were any products out there that I could actually use. And, and the more I, research I started to do, I started to find a few. It's hard to, it's hard to use the right words and I'll get into this a little bit more, but 
I started finding safer products to use. And the reason why I'm kind of steering away from using words like organic or green or natural is because that's where a lot of problem in this whole story begins. Um, it's, there's so much greenwashing going on in the world and it doesn't just go into the hair and beauty industry. It's all over the place and it's, it's with food, it's with its health. And, um, so finally I was able to find some products that I was actually able, you know, to, to be able to use. And that's what led me into opening up my own little salon suite. And I now have for the last six months, my own, um, non-toxic, low toxic hair salon in Austin. And one thing I'm kind of holding back from saying is a, is a completely green or, or a completely clean air salon because there's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I use um, all non-toxic hair care products, but low toxic hair color. So there's no such thing as a non-toxic hair color. There's only low toxic. To open up a cuticle in hair, you have to use some sort of chemicals, but the products that I use have a very low amount of chemical in it. So um, that's a little bit of my story. And so here I am, I have my own, as clean as I can, suite in Austin, where I am so passionate about sharing my my love for hair and also um, the knowledge that I, I, I feel driven to share with my clients because as a hairstylist for many years, I wasn't told or taught about the dangers that were inside the products. And in that, I feel a responsibility to share that with my clients, what I'm learning now and what we are learning as an industry now, what about um, hair care products and hair color products um, is it's terrifying actually <laughs> what we've been putting onto our brains yes thank you so much for sharing this and I think it's huge and I love that you're so transparent about it and honest in that like that you're not 100% clean and like there's not these like necessarily clean products but doing better doing the yeah. best you can with what's out there that can still get results good results Absolutely. And, you know, um, the, it, it's interesting because it's almost like I feel like every single day we, we learn more and more about what's, um, what we've been using. There's a small group of us that are actually really um, working hard together to kind of um, educate not only stylists but clients about hair care and um it's growing the community is growing and people are becoming more and more passionate about it and mainstream media is starting to catch on there's been a few articles that have been um written uh newsweek did an article the washington post just posted um wrote an article and npr um did a story on the dangers of uh hair color and how um in a study there's, they're actually starting to link cancer in women with hair color. Um, and so it's starting to come out and um, I think it needs, I, I think it needs to be more widespread. 
Yes. The dangers are, they're definitely there. <laughs> for sure. And especially like, so for you and your personal journey with it, what did you notice when you switched from using the, the, the toxic to the yeah. non-toxic? Yeah. Um, it was literally life-changing. I mean, I, I didn't, it's so crazy, but I didn't know that for the last, you know, 15, 16 years that I was feeling awful <laughs> and that it was my surroundings and what I was being exposed to daily was, was making me feel foggy and run down and, but it just became the norm and it just was okay. Um, and so as soon as I have moved over into using these cleaner products, it's unbelievable. Like I, I, I go into work and I can breathe and I don't have this kind of brain fog and I don't have this tightness in my throat and my chest. My eyes aren't itching or bloodshot. Um, and for me, I think the, the, the biggest offender in all of this is synthetic fragrance. Mm -hmm. And synthetic fragrance is pretty much in everything that we use. And it's unbelievable. And that's where a lot of uh, companies, where it kind of takes me back to the, the story of um, greenwashing, natural, organic, vegan, using all of those buzzwords. A product can claim to be natural or organic um, because they do have those, those ingredients in them. But... The loophole in all of this and where all the danger is hidden is in the single word fragrance. So if you see in an ingredients list in one of your organic products that you bought at, you know, the natural food store and you're like, well, I think it's good because it's at this health food store and the product says it's natural and it's organic. Um, it must be good for me, right? But if you look into the ingredients and it has the word fragrance in it, just in that word, there can be hundreds of chemicals hidden in that word. Because in the United States, a fragrance is a proprietary term. And so the company is legally not responsible to tell you what is inside their fragrance because that's their secret sauce. And so they don't have to tell us what that is. And the FDA has given them that right. And so that's where so many companies are hiding all of the chemicals is in fragrance. And then it's going on your scalp, in your lungs. In yes. your, yeah. Well, for, I guess for hair care wise, but. Exactly. But I mean, if you think about it, if you go through your cupboards and, at home, I mean, it's, it's not just your hair care. It's right. your skincare, it's in your detergents, it's in your hand soap, it's in the candle, in those, you know, natural candles that you're burning, you yeah. know, it's all of that. And that synthetic fragrance is releasing toxins into the environment and into our bodies. And um, a huge part of this is, and I think where there's the, the struggle with pinpointing where or what is actually making people sick these days is because we are exposed to so many chemicals and toxins on a day-to-day -day basis. They say that a woman walks out of the door, out of her house every morning with already adding over 150 different toxins 
into or onto her body just before she's left in the morning. That's just what we're exposed to. And it's, so it's hard, you know, so that's why companies like the hair industry will say like, well, how do you know our product has caused your cancer? Because you've also been exposed to this, 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 and this, and this. You know, it's just one of the many toxins that we're exposed to. But I feel like, you know, we care so much as to what we're, you know, these days, you know, people are caring about what they're eating and their diets and, you know, taking vitamins and exercising and doing the best that they can to do that. But people aren't thinking about what they're actually putting onto their bodies. Mm-hmm. And that is really affecting us as a society. It's so huge. And it's like, I like what you said, like the, maybe you can't pinpoint it all on this one thing or one ingredient, but it so adds up so quickly. Yes. Like just another, I like that bathtub analogy where it's like all these stressors are coming in and then we're not able to drain fast enough. So that's where the toxins accumulate and then disease happens. So it's like, where, where can we pull the streams out that are pouring in? Exactly. And, you know, it's, hairstylists have some of the highest rates of um, thyroid cancers, uh, infertility rates, um, breast cancer, lung diseases, you know, asthma, the list goes on and on. It's because we're exposed to it every day. And we are not as, you know, technicians of, you know, or practitioners of, you know, hair, um, the companies aren't coming out and sharing the dangers of their products. So each product has an MSDS report. And um, in those reports, um, they, it's, the reports will, um, they're called material safety data sheets. And each product has this data sheet. But it doesn't like come in your box of hair color or like your box of like hair treatments. You have to order it from the manufacturer and you have to go through, there's phone call after phone call. They don't want you to have this MSDS report. And so there's been a group of us that have been ordering these for specific product lines. And they're like hundreds of pages deep, like hundreds of pages. And it's basically what you read in it is terrifying. Our, as a hair salon, and every hair salon, basically it should be set up like a chemical lab. There should be emergency eye wash stations. As a hairstylist, we literally should be wearing hazmat suits and gas masks while mixing these products. Products, they actually say, if this product comes in contact with the skin, it remove immediately. That's hair color in so many lines across, like, across the board. (laughs) And it's like, we're not taught that. You know, there's hairstylists out there that are, like, rubbing in toners at the bowl with bare hands, and the chemicals are just going straight into our hands. And we're, like, we, you know, we're taught to wear gloves and all of that, but we're not taught the true dangers behind all of these products. And it's starting to come out, like I've said before. And it's terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. No, and this is, I mean, being a chemical engineer, when we were in the lab, like, there were so many safety precautions. So it really, 
like that we weren't allowed to touch all this stuff and we were using similar chemicals as to what I've read in the labels and stuff. Yes. So scary. Yes. I remember, I mean, I'm guilty because I'm blonde and not naturally. So I, I used to go to a salon that was in, like we just using standard hair care and I would get so tired every time I was in the chair from the bleach and I would just like sit there and honestly just like want to take a nap. My eyes would get so fatigued. Yes. And it's like, and then it, that's a whole other thing. It's like, I mean, you're just breathing in straight ammonia, which we've then added heat to, which creates this like smoke of toxic air. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like your chair and like five chairs in a salon all doing, you know, colors. And it just imagine the air quality. It's awful. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. I was just going to say like desensitization or desensitization. I don't know what word I'm trying to say, but like whenever I used to use tons of perfume, tons of like before I realized and now not using it, it's like you become so much more sensitive, even going into your salon and yes. walking out. And cause you, she, um, Terry works in like a community salon. So her salon is very like her personal space is very clean and air, like the air feels good. But when I walk out to go to the bathroom, Yes. So I can hear, smell all that other stuff. Yes, and that's how I am. And I physically cannot go into a, a mainstream salon anymore. I'm so, because I've removed myself from it now, I am even more sensitive to it. I mean, in a room, like um, if somebody at a, and I go to somebody's house and they're burning a candle that has a synthetic fragrance yeah. in it, I have to ask them, to please blow it out because I can't breathe and it just affects me so much. And it's, um, and that kind of brings me back to where today it's great. There are a lot of stylists that are educating themselves on this topic and they are making changes, but there are a lot of salons that are starting to, you know, label themselves as, clean or low tox or non-tox um but there really aren't i mean i have i have yet unless a salon does not do any chemical services whatsoever it's just a cutting salon that only uses non-toxic hair care products would be the only actual clean air salon even so salons that are actually using low tox color, they still have toxins in the air. And if there are people out there that are like super sensitive, so like what I use, for example, um, the color lines that I use, you know, they don't have ammonia, they don't have PPDs, they, um, they uh, don't have um, uh, like synthetic fragrance, but um, well actually, one has synthetic fragrance, one does not have synthetic fragrance, um, but they're just mild. So, but if somebody has um, even the mildest, you know, allergy to one of those, it can cause reaction. So I'm just struggling with uh, other, you know, salons or stylists saying that, you know, claiming to be clean and not, you know, non-toxic when they might be in their salon using, um, or in their chair only using non-toxic or low-toxic products, but their neighbor is still using toxic products. So that's not a true clean salon. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, so there's, there's a lot of that going on. And, and I think that, you know, it's really important as we move forward with this conversation that people are really transparent about it because there's people like me who I can't go into a salon that if somebody two chairs down is using a ammonia, um, developer on their hair color, I can't be in there. And, um, yeah, I just, I think it's a conversation that's starting. And I think that there are a lot of stylists that are um, recognizing that the way that they feel every day at work is not right. And they're starting to make changes too. Yeah. And so what would you want people to know from this, like around the hair care? Like what would you suggest the steps they could take? Um, I think that, the best thing that you can do as a client is, um, you know, if you love your hairstylist, cause we all have like, you know, we, we develop relationships with our hairstylists and, 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 um, you know, uh, I think it would be great for you to start a conversation with your stylist and ask them if they know anything about, um, this kind of like non-toxic, if they know about non-toxic hair care and low toxic hair color, ask them their opinion on it, ask them if they would, are, um, would be willing to move into something like that. Um, or you can do some research and look for, um, products and salons that provide non-toxic and low toxic products. And, um, I carry, uh, three different lines at my salon that my hair care is non-toxic. And then I use two different color lines that are low toxic which I'm happy to share um, links and whatever um, for people. Oh, yeah, I can put those. Um, in. There's, there's also a woman um, named Whitney Murphy who has created a website and it's called the nontoxichairstylist.com. And what she's doing is providing a space not only for hairstylists, but for clients where they can go to this site and search for a non-toxic hairstylist in their area. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so we're all kind of contributing to that. Um, there's also, um, Whitney is also a wealth of knowledge. Um, she, I would say was probably like my mentor in this, this clean journey. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, um, there's also another woman named Jane Matthews, who I would say is kind of at the forefront of this as well. Um, they are both, they have tons of knowledge and, you know, much like me, they've been in the industry for a long time and they are, have become sick. And we were forced into finding what works. And then, you know, kind of, I think, like I said before, like hair is, it's, I'm not just a hairstylist. Like I, I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. I love being with my clients and it's, um, it's something that I meant to do and I've been doing it for a long time. And to almost have that taken away from me was, was frightening and it was sad and heartbreaking. And knowing that other people have kind of experienced the same thing. Um, I'm happy that the industry is starting to find ways to allow us to continue working, doing what we love. Absolutely. No, thank you for this. And I'll definitely include that in the show notes. And I guess for if I would love to even just talk a little bit about the studies that have shown just the, the seriousness of these things, especially mm -hmm. like with what you said with people struggling with infertility and there's like these unknown answers, like what do I do? 
I mean, diet's a huge piece, but like these fragrances and all this stuff can play such a big part. And then for cancer. So if you, yeah, I mean, uh, so Newsweek did released an article a few months ago. It was a study over 50,000 women. Um, and it showed a link to, um, hair color to, um, I believe it was breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about hair color is the darker the color, the more carcinogenic it is. So, and then if you think about that, so a woman who is going in to get her hair colored because she's got grays is more likely to get her hair dyed. The darker it is, the more frequently she goes in. And so, um, a lot of these studies, the first studies of the dangers of hair care um, products actually came out um, and it was surrounded around African-American women because they um, they do a lot of chemical treatments to their hair, straightening treatments. And there was a direct link in a lot of these earlier studies with the chemicals that they were putting on to their scalps that was leading to many, many illnesses for the African-American community. Um, And that was one of the first studies which was done many years ago, which I think is starting to lead into mainstream. Um, uh, So the Newsweek and the NPR article were based around this study of the 50,000 women. And now uh, I think it was the Washington Post just did another study and there was an article that I just read yesterday too. And and there was a time when everybody was doing those Brazilian blowouts and those are those hair smoothing treatments. And when those treatments first came out, um, they had formaldehyde in them and hairstylists were dying while doing these products because they were not taught the correct way to use it. And also they were breathing in formaldehyde. Oh my. And so then what the industry did was that Brazilian blowout line was taken off the market. And, you know, uh, there were, you know, people apologized and blah, blah, blah. But then they just created new keratin treatments, which had natural straighteners in it. And all they did was they, changed the chemical makeup of formaldehyde so that they, they actually didn't put formaldehyde in the, in the chemical, but they put in a chemical, which I don't know what name it is, but once heat and water hits it and the smoke goes in the air, it created a different type of aldehyde. And they would still advertise these as natural and organic, but they still had chemicals in them. And, you know, I had stylists, when I had my salon in San Francisco, I couldn't even be in the room when people re- were doing these um, treatments. And I, I had one stylist who, who did them. And I said, you know, you know, if your client, you know, if you and your client want to do this on a day that nobody else is in the salon and the two of you have like a consent form that that's on you, you could do it. And so they did those treatments when nobody else was in the salon because I didn't want anybody else to expose them. And this is before I even knew actually how bad they are. Oh my gosh. And, um, I mean, there's just, it, it's just awful. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for, for those people who don't know that are listening, like formaldehyde that can 
cause not only like the cancers are just like a respiratory irritant, but like nervous system. Yes, exactly. ALS and like they're endocrine disruptors and hormonal issues and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's huge to like it may manifest in different things in different people. Like so for you, autoimmunity. Yes. And then for other people like who are susceptible to breast cancer, it's just yes. like pushing them towards it. And the findings in that study that you shared with me were crazy. The, the percentage of yes. increase, I think for the, the dyes, it was, I, I have it written down. It was 7% higher risk for breast cancer among white women, but 45% increase for black women. Yes. And then those chemical straighteners, hold on, it said 30% more likely for white women to increase breast cancer and then 75% of black women in the study had an increased risk of cancer. Yes. That's such a high number. Yes. It's unbelievable, you know, and, um, there are, um, well, so it takes us back to kind of like the government and the FDA, (laughs) which is allowing, these companies to have these chemicals in their products. Um, And there has been no change in um, the government for regulation of beauty care products. Um, I believe since 1938 was the last time that there was any sort of bill or law created about um, the safety of like beauty products and what they could put in it. Wow. A really great, um, source of information and kind of a a great place for people to start is also, um, to watch the Netflix documentary called stink. 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 And um, it is, it's a story about a father who lost his wife to cancer and he's raising his two daughters alone. And it's about it's about a pair of pajamas that he receives in the mail and the smell, the stink on the products, and what he had to do to go find out what this product actually, what a pair of pajamas was actually dunked in in a chemical before it was sent to his daughters, and that is was he kind of exposes a huge like part, like industry of um, just toxic products. And he, it's, a, it's a really good kind of, I, I think it's a great place for people to start to kind of see what really is happening and what really is going on out there. Yes, thank you for sharing that. I'm, I need to watch it. It's really good. It's really um, eye-opening. For sure. And if, do you know anything, I guess like with your, with your journey, like relation with, with like nutrition and um what did you experience around that right well and i think that's good too and it's something that you know i've shared with you is that you know over the years i've developed i have four different autoimmune diseases and um i i think there's a lot of factors kind of what it takes me back to what i was talking about earlier is that we're exposed to so many things in our lives it's hard to pinpoint really what causes what, and especially with autoimmune diseases, um, you know, I think it's definitely genetics. 
I think that it runs in my family. You know, there are some of that. I think it's stress related. But I also think when you start adding all of these things together, you know, I'm, I'm already like genetically predisposed to, to get these. And then you add some stress on my life and then I'm dunking myself in chemicals on a day-to-day -day basis. It's kind of like the perfect storm to create this disruption in my body. And um, I think for me, part of this journey too was um, not only removing myself from the chemicals and creating the clean space, the cleaner space for me to work and do my job, but that's where, um, and I think along that line too, um, that eliminated a lot of stress in my life, but um, also a lot, you know, you and I have talked a lot about, you know, diet and exercise, and I've always been um, athletic, and for me, um, I think it's super important for me to, I eat a pretty, um, I try to stay as strict on a paleo diet as I can. And I think for me, that's really important because I have to do whatever I can to make sure that, you know, I'm not um, getting inflammation and I'm not exposing myself to anything else that can disrupt stuff inside my body. And so for me, staying on a paleo diet has been really important, which has been taking, you know, gluten out of my diet and taking dairy out of my diet. And I felt a lot better since I've, you know, changed over to this diet as well. And so a lot of this with taking out the synthetic fragrance and taking out all of the, um, a majority of the toxic um, products from that I'm working with and also on my personal body. Um, and, you know, I'm, I do yoga three to four days a week. I meditate, you know, I, I try to do whatever I can to stay healthy across the board because, you know, like I said, I, I am, I, I just feel like I keep collecting these autoimmune conditions and I want to stop it. And I think that, you know, I'm, I've kind of am on my, on the road to, um, kind of managing everything, but it's, you know, it takes a lot of, um, there's a lot of factors that I have to do to make sure that I stay healthy. And I think the most important thing, you know, it's not just me, I think it's everybody, you know, we need to really think about our environments and like, um, we need to sit still a little bit longer and really listen to our bodies because our bodies talk to us. And I think we're so busy all the time running and doing and going and moving that if we just sit quiet for a minute and listen to the cues that our body is telling us, we're going to, we're going to hear it and we're going to, we need to make those changes. And I think that that's something that I've really learned to do in the last couple of years um, is to kind of stop and listen. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I need to, you know, take a rest and, you know, skip a day of exercise or, you know, maybe I need to, you know, add a little more protein to my diet or, you know, there's so many different little cues, you know, I need to drink more water. <laughs> I need to, you know, um, you know, it's, it's like not only on the inside of our bodies, but our, you know, our skin and our hair tells, you know, gives you cues too, you know, our hair is dry, you know, like, do we need to drink more water? We're breaking out in, you know, in acne on our face. What, you know, what's going on? And we need to like stop and think about these things instead of just, I guess, taking the, um, 
the easy road of being like, oh, we'll just take some medicine. Mm-hmm. Like our bodies are capable of healing. And um, I think that if we just slow down a little bit, um, we can make, you know, some good changes for ourselves. Yeah. And our bodies will tell us what we need. Yeah. I think there's two points here with the, uh, um, like with the medication piece where like, you know, yeah, you can take these prescriptions and there's a place for prescriptions, but a lot of times, yeah. I mean, you know, I have stuff that, you know, I, one of my conditions that, you know, I, I, I don't have to take it all the time, but I'm going to have it for the rest of my life because that's yeah. what I have. <laughs> yeah. And so like that, but that prescriptions don't have to be the end all be all. And that a lot of times those can suppress symptoms, which will just like pop up into something else. And then it's like, kind of like, what's that game where you're like smacking the gopher heads or whatever, whatever that is. Um, (laughs) So it's just like, where is it going to, like, if you're not dealing with that root cause, which could be, yeah, the diet, the stress, the, the hair care fragrance. And I think that leads a lot, you know, like to what, you know, what you do and what you, what you teach is that, you know, a lot of us know, I think if we've had health issues, you know, a lot of it starts in our gut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, if we just all started with, okay, um, you know, for me was eliminating the environmental toxins that I was able to eliminate. So I got rid of those. And then it was about, okay, now what am I putting in my body? You know, what can I do to heal myself from the inside out too? You know, and so, you know, I think that's why what you do and you help and you teach people how to eat, (laughs) you know, how to feed themselves and how to, you know, because that's where I think, you know, um, like in the, um, uh, like with food, you know, people put, you know, low fat, organic or whatever on it, but it's got sugar and it's, you know, has all these other things in it. And so we need to learn to read labels on everything. Absolutely. I think it's so huge, that awareness piece of like yeah. how minimally processed because there is a yeah, convenient foods package. Like we can't all necessarily be growing our all organic foods as much as we'd all like to. So yeah, just finding the really bringing awareness to those packages, like packaged foods, what ingredients to look at. Exactly. And it's like what, you know, what you show a lot on your social media too, is that, you know, and I think it, it's the same with, with food packaging and hair care packaging. It's like, it's almost, if you can read the ingredients and understand the words, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know? When it starts yeah. getting into these words that they're like this long, uh-huh. <laughs> like, I don't even know what, like, I can't even pronounce that. Like maybe you shouldn't be putting it in your body or on your body. Yeah. <laughs> It's like red flag. Let me Google this ingredient or yeah. yeah, or look for something else. Yeah. Or DM Ellie or Terry and ask them if, <laughs> if this is exactly. Good. And I'll be like, no, run, <laughs> throw it away. <laughs> yes. But then the other point I want to talk to, I loved what you said. So like that, like the tuning into the body tuning in. Cause even like, I'm so guilty of this, wanting to commit to something for like, I'm going to eat this way for the rest of my life or like I'm gonna do this every single day for 40 days and it's like every single day your body is in a different state in a different place asking for something else and so I have to release control 
I'm trying, I'm learning that now and truly asking every day when you wake up, what are you needing? Yeah. Like maybe a three mile run and a hit workout. And that's yeah. like amazing. Yeah. Maybe you just need to go sit in the woods and yeah. close your eyes and take a yeah. breath. Yeah. You know, it's hard. It's hard to have that assessment every day because it's easier to sometimes just blanket statement and be like, I'm going to force myself to just do this every day. Well, and I think that's setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that putting those restrictions on you and those, um, those, those like rules, you know, um, like you said, you know, every day we wake up, we're different. I mean, hopefully we, you know, we grow every day (laughs) and, and, you know, I I don't want to be exactly the same as I was yesterday. You know, I want to be better than yesterday. And, um, and sometimes, you know what, I'm not, sometimes I'm, (laughs) sometimes I'm going to hit snooze and be like, yep, you know, I'm not going to make that 9am yoga class. I'm going to make it to 1030 today, but you know, because I, I needed to rest or, you know, and, and I think that um, in the beauty industry, you know, there's so much pressure put, put on women, um, you know, cover your grays, you know, slather your face in, you know, oils and creams to keep from wrinkles and stuff like that. And it's like, I really think there just should be some more um, emphasis on just loving ourselves for who we are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I... I'm part of the beauty industry and I, you know, I, I get facials and I get my hair done as well, but I think it's really important to love yourself for who you are and to really be able to look in the mirror on those days that you don't feel so good and still find something that you love about yourself and make sure that you tell yourself that and tell yourself that you're beautiful. Um, because there's so much pressure coming around us for like what we should look like and like what we're supposed to be. And it's like, you're supposed to be exactly who you are and you should just love that. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. And I think this in both areas, I mean, even with food of like eating in a way, not because you're trying to be achieve this like image, but truly that like, you're just loving yourself so much that like, there's no question what you would put in your body. Exactly. And like, you know, this is our only body and we should be loving it and feeding it only the best that we can, (laughs) you know, the healthiest food, the healthiest food. That's the healthiest for you. You know, it may not be the healthiest for me, but like what works for you. And it's the same thing with like beauty, you know, like what works for you is not, it may not work for me, but you know, do what works for you in the healthiest way. <laughs> yes, beautiful. And what do you think on days like when you're, if you're struggling, even just through health challenges, I know it can be so hard when you're like dealing with something to, to not feel like even more stress about trying to like cure the thing or like fix yes. the thing. Yes. What have you found that helps maybe to help like surrender to it? You know, that's a really good thing to say. I mean, so I've kind of, um, I had to make a, a huge shift in my life recently. And um, 
you know, I was a triathlete for many years and, and an endurance athlete. You know, I didn't feel like I had worked out unless I ran 10 miles or rode my bike 50, oh my you know, and, you know, that's what I did for many years. And um, basically now um, I, I can do low impact workouts and um, pretty much uh, a little bit of running, mostly just walking. And I, I had to go through this almost like a mourning period um, of kind of my old self of, you know, Terry, the endurance athlete, the, you know, racer and cyclist and runner and triathlete. And I, I kind of had to like leave that and let it go and kind of mourn it for a little while. And I really did. I, I kind of just, I remember my last run and I was struggling with very low mileage for me, which, you know, is, is not for most people, but like I was struggling to run four and five miles. And I remember my last long run and I finished it and, and I just knew I was like hanging up my, my running shoes. And I was like, that's it. Like, it just isn't worth it. I was just, I, I was feeling awful after every, after every run and it would knock me out for days. And, you know, I kind of just had to surrender. And I remember, I remember like that day and I, I went home and, and I literally like was uh, like, I had felt like I ran a marathon the next day and it I was, I, I knew it wasn't right. I'm like, this just isn't right. You know? And I kind of, I just was really sad for the next couple of days. And, and, and then after like three or four days, I went and I went for a walk. I walked the same run that I had done. And I, I, I can't explain it, but it was like, it was so hard for me to just walk. But I recognized that I was able to like hear the birds and like see the color of the leaves and the sparkle in the, the lake. And I was recognizing other things. And I, I was, I, I kind of just accepted, like, this is just the new me. And like, and I think it takes me back to just slowing down and really listening. And, and it doesn't mean just to yourself, but it's like, there's so much out there to see and, and we're always in such a hurry. And I think that, um, for me, this journey has been about slowing down and really being present and really being in the moment and, um, and appreciating that, you know, even though that this feels like I'm not doing a lot like I used to, like athletically or physically, I'm still able to walk and run and see, you know, or to, you know, like walk and, and, you know, get around, you know, and, and I feel grateful for that. And I feel grateful that I, I have the ability to still do all the things that I do. It's just different. And I think that I'm not even sure if I'm answering your question anymore, but it's just part of like our bodies change and we grow and, and we just, you know, there's ebbs and flows. Will I ever not be a runner again? I don't know. Right now I'm not. You know, right now this is, I, I do yoga and I go for walks and it's been wonderful. It's been enlightening. It's been humbling. It's been a huge growth for me. 
you know, and I think that it's just part of me and like my, my body telling me like, you need to slow down, you need to pay attention and you really need to see what's going on around you. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Seriously, to see the gifts in that, that the universe is like, Terry, like see what's around you. Like take yeah. time for yourself. Yeah. Like, see the, I love when you described, I saw the leaves, I saw the, the water, like things that you may have just rushed by before. Yeah. And what yeah. did you notice when you started slowing down as far as like your health? Oh, unbelievable. I mean, it's my, I've, you know, um, the, the condition that I, the autoimmune condition that I have right now, it's called myasthenia gravis. And, um, basically I was just fatigued all the time. And it's my body just tells my central nervous system tells my brain that like it's tired. And so it starts to shut things down. And, um, so I have this medication that can help me and I'm able to take this medication every day, three times a day for the rest of my life when needed. And, um, since I've been given it, I think I've had the medication probably for like four months now. And I think I've taken it a handful of times and I really, I, I honestly think that, um, uh, I'll be able to like wean myself off of it completely. Um, I mean, like what I mean, like a handful of times in like four months, I've, I think I've taken it 12 times. Wow. And, um, and I, and I do attribute a lot of it to my diet, to rest. Um, you know, I used to be, I, you know, stay up late, get up early, work out, you know, like five, five hours of sleep a day, you know, and now, you know what, I need eight and a half, nine hours of sleep. And that used to make me feel like I was a slacker. I was wasting time. I was, you know, lazy, all of these words, but actually like, that's what my body needs to recharge, to feel good, to be present, to do, to be the best that I can when I'm awake. And now having this diet and listening to uh, my body when I need rest and doing the right exercise for me right now, this is the recipe that works for me now. And I feel, I feel stronger. I feel, um, energized. I feel my brain feels clearer, you know? And, and I think that's, um, it's great. It's different. It's totally different for me it is like this whole new slow down pace for me. I mean, like all I can exp explain is like, it's going from running 10 miles to literally walking to like, that's what I do now. Like I ran 10, three days a week. Now I walk to twice a week, you know? And talk about slowing down. I mean, like I, like I, I literally kept finding myself like trying to run on my first walk. I was like, like, why am I like this walking thing is just boring. And it's like, well, you know, they're not getting anywhere. And it's like, I'm not trying to get anywhere. I'm just being here. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we need to do is be here. And I think with you know, health too. And it's, you know, we're, we're eating on the go and we're shoving food in our mouth. We're grabbing things that are like quick and fast. And it's like, no, like 
Make time to eat and enjoy to fuel your body. Be present while you eat and enjoy it instead of shoveling. And I am, you know, ask any hairstylist out there. I've spent the last 17 years in the, the break room and like every food that we eat is stuff that can be like shoved into our mouth with our hands while standing and eating, you know, like in between clients. And, and like now, like I haven't done this in my whole career except until now. I schedule a lunch. Mind blowing, sounds crazy, right? But no, half hairstylists don't. And now I schedule a lunch and I sit down and I eat my lunch. I don't shovel my lunch. I enjoy it. And I think that's a huge, I think that's a huge thing in society as a whole, you know, drive throughs you grab it, you're driving, you're eating while you're driving. <laughs> like, of course, the, you know, people are eating crap. Yeah. And even if you are eating like the healthiest food in the world, if you're eating it in a stressed out state, like you're not assimilating nutrients, you're not digesting that food well. And I'm preaching to myself because I eat fast a lot of the times. So it's just like a constant reminder, like slow down. You deserve this time. And like by carving out that time, like you get it back because you get it back in your energy. You get it back in your health. Mm -hmm. You get it back in the quality of your life. Yeah. Oh. Right. Computer was going to die. Charger? Or what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> Mine's actually about, I, thank you for saying that. Mine's about to die too. Um, I think this is a huge message. And slowing down is like probably one of the hardest things, but I think it's so important because so often we, like, I do this all the time. Like, I'm like, what supplement do I need? What, like, I need to, you know, eat this new thing. I need to add all this stuff when really in reality, I think most of anything I'm dealing with is if I just sat and breathed more. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, it's, we try to pack so much into our days and into our lives and I get it. I mean, I have done this for years and you know, I think it just comes with being, overachievers and you know type a and all of that stuff and it's all of that excuse all of those excuses that we put out there i'm just type a i'm an overachiever you know like all of that stuff you know what like <laughs> those that type of personality it's gonna drive you into the ground you know and and you aren't gonna achieve the actual things that you want to do or that you need to do yeah well, <laughs> once we get there I've actually been listening to a lot on this. It's just like, once you get quote unquote there, it's like, what's the next thing? Yes. You enjoy where you got there because now you're just like, well, like, give me the next one. But how many times have you like worked so hard and stressed yourself out toward, you know, like towards a goal, right? And then you finally get to that goal and like, you're sick, you get sick immediately. And it's like, it's because you've been running on adrenaline for a week, a, a month, a year. And then, and that's like, every single time I've gotten sick, it's literally been a month to two months after, after I've gone through a stressful period in my life. It's like my body finally goes, comes down off of that adrenaline and it's like a month or two later, like things, I think things are starting to smooth out and they are, but my body's finally like, oh, yeah, I can't take anymore. 
and like shuts down and I get sick and mine come out in autoimmune conditions. Yeah. (laughs) Here's a new one, you know? Yes. It's, you know, and it, it, it's like clockwork for me. And so I'm not going to do that anymore. I don't want to get sick anymore, you know? And, and, and what's the rush? What is the rush? Let's, let's, you know, I think we all, we really just need to um, appreciate what we have and what's in front of us and, and, you know, work towards goals, of course, but it's what everybody keeps talking about. It's not the actual end result. It's the journey. That's what we all need to start learning to, to enjoy is the journey, not the end result. Because yeah. like you said, when you get to the end, then what? Yeah. There's the, the next thing. Enjoy the process. And even when there's things that are crazy that don't seem very positive, like me like getting sick and having to like not run anymore. Like what's the positive in that? You know, I, you have to find the positive in it. Can't sit around and be mopey about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it goes back to hair. It's like, okay, can't, um, can't work in a, you know, a, a big hair salon anymore. Um, but I still get to do hair. <laughs> yes. And you get to save people literally by you educating, like you're saving people from fates like autoimmunity. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's huge. Yeah. Have that, like your mess, your mess, not mess, but like that's a, that quote, like your mess is your message. Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I don't want other stylists, like new stylists in the world that are coming into it. You know, stylists who have been doing hair from 10 to 20 years now, we're all really sick. (laughs) And it needs to stop. You know, it needs to stop with our generation and we need to clean it up. Cause you know, one of my favorite things to say is, you know, the beauty industry is not, is really isn't that beautiful. It's pretty dirty. It's pretty gross. And it needs, it needs to not be. Yeah. I appreciate you so much for sharing this. And then one other thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, for just like belief systems around like health and around, um, healing. Mm-hmm. Like one thing, um, I've been listening to a lot of Louise Hay and mm-hmm. I don't know, if, um, just like the, like truly the belief that like, I am getting healthy. I am healing and having that like affirmation in your mind. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, the crazy thing is, is um, this autoimmune condition, I have the myasthenia gravis. It's called a, a snowflake disease because there's no two conditions are alike. Everybody's different. And so there's really not a lot of studies on it about it going into remission. They say that it can, but they don't like to give numbers because it's so hard to tell. And I have one that's similar to this um, that's just related to my eye, which I had four years ago. And I believe with health, with a you know, healthy diet, healthy living, and with believing 
that I can get better, I put that in remission. And so I believe that I can do that with this, with it again, a hundred percent, because I think that we can heal ourselves and positive surrounding yourself with positive people and positive energy. And, you know, we, you know, we are who we surround ourselves with. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, for me, yoga and meditation has been huge and, um, and really just being present and, um, keeping a positive ad- attitude has been, just I think one of the hugest influences in me getting better or 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 healing I don't know um you know I think that yes having positive affirmations is important I mean I have a journal and I try to do it every day it's once again kind of what we talked about like not putting these like restrictions or constraints on us. And it's like, the goal is to write in my gratitude journal every day. You know, some days I do, some weeks I do, some days it's every couple of days, you know, but I write seven things I'm grateful for. And I, then I also write seven things that I am. I am strong. I am healthy. I am beautiful. You know, I'm kind, I'm loving, you know, I, I, you know, I write those things down and, and the more you write them and you read them and it's just repetition, it'll become natural and you'll believe it. Even on days that you don't believe it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it'll stick, you know, and that's what I write. You know, I, you know, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my, um, my family. I am grateful for my clients. I'm grateful for my knowledge, you know, and to, you know, to say those things and to write them down and to, to, to believe them. It's important. For sure. To reprogramming the subconscious to believe it. Oh, absolutely. That's like a whole other conversation about how we can, we can reprogram our brains. <laughs> yeah. And um, no, I appreciate you so much for sharing this and, yeah. um, if there's anything that you would like, or actually, I'd love to ask you if you could give three pieces of advice to anybody who's starting out on this journey, things they could do for their best health, what would you offer them? Um, well, I think that, um, I think to, uh, definitely, uh, I had a few things written down that I wanted to say, um, Is that lull you were talking about? <laughs> Is what? The lull that you were talking about. Oh, you're perfect. Take your time. <laughs> um, I think to learn to slow down in whatever it is. Slow down in your life. Um, uh, I think um, to um, slow down and take time for yourself is super important. I think to surround yourself with like-minded people um, because, um, you know, we're always learning and we're always growing. And I think, you know, surround yourself with people that you want to learn and grow from and with. And then I also think that um, it's really important. uh, It sounds silly, but 
learn to read labels and everything. Yes. <laughs> Educate yourself. So, yeah, slow down, enjoy life, surround your people with that you love and that you you want to be a mirror of and and learn to educate yourself and, and read, lab, read labels, take care of yourself. <laughs> yes, those are perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate this. And I know it seemed it was like kind of all over the place, but I feel like they do, you know, our lives kind of, um, they're intertwined and it's, um, they overlap, I think, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Health and wellness and self-care. Yes. And where can people find you? So for people in Austin or even just looking online, how can they find you? Um, so my salon is called Style Color Groom. You can find me on Instagram, with it, which is Style Color Groom. I also have a website, stylecolorgroom.com. Um, my email is the same thing, stylecolorgroom at gmail.com. And um, feel free to uh, direct message me if you have any questions about um, any of the hair care products that I use. Um, the non-toxic hair care that I use or the low toxic hair color that I use. Um, if you're in Austin, I would love um, to talk to you about that. Or if you are anywhere else, if you're looking for a stylist that does um, low tox or non-tox um, hair services, um, I'm happy to direct you to them or help you find them. I will, um, I have a lot of resources that I'm happy to share with you. Uh, if you go to my website, there's a list of the products that I use. Um, but yeah, um, go to stylecolorgroom.com or Instagram stylecolorgroom and send me a message with all your hair questions. I'm happy to talk. I can obviously talk about this all day. So <laughs> yes, I to say I personally get my hair done from Terry and she's amazing. So <laughs> go see her if you're in Austin. Yes. Thank you. Awesome, Terry. Well, so much love to you. And I really appreciate you again for coming on the show. Thank you, Ellie. I really appreciate you too. It's been such a pleasure. Can't wait to chat with you more. Yes.